Hello and welcome to Read the Book, Seen the Movie, a podcast about TV shows and films based on books. I'm your host, Samala Khan, and this is just episode three. There are a few kinks I need to work out, like finding the perfect location of my house and, you know, where the acoustics and sound quality are the best. I also need to avoid saying um repeatedly, but other than that, I think it's been a good first two episodes. In our last episode, we discussed Daisy Jones and the Six, episode one, two, and three. It's a new Amazon Prime series based on the book of the same name by author Taylor Jenkins Reid. It was published in 2020 and follows the rise and fall of a fictional 1970s band. Now, while watching these miniseries, I sometimes have to remind myself not to judge them too harshly. Now that we're used to so many streaming platforms and there's so much content out there, we tend to expect more. We need to remember that this is similar to watching a limited series back in the day, you know, one that would sometimes come on once a week or maybe if we were lucky two times a week everyone saw it at the same time if you weren't in front of your television at that certain time of day to see it or had your VCR programmed you weren't going to see it it wasn't this endless you know amount of like there's always like a buzz created with it it wasn't like you had a limitless amount of time to watch it and like oh you know I'll get to it maybe if it wins a few awards There was more buzz that was created around it. And now what we tend to do is expect more from them. And they're not like movies and they're not like TV shows because they don't come back for, you know, a season after season after season. They're somewhere in between. For example, The Queen's Gambit on Netflix or Normal People on Hulu, they aren't meant to have multiple seasons, so we can't really judge them like a full theatrical movie. And I have to remember this when the acting gets a bit melodramatic, you know, things get a bit repetitive and the scenes tend to run on. You know, we have to remember this is equivalent to what we used to see back in the 80s and the 90s on our TV, like Twin Peaks or Roots, something like that. Now, this isn't to say I'm not obsessed with the series because I think it's really good. I think not only is the music good, the casting is really good. And I was already a fan of the book. And I mentioned last time when I saw the trailer, I I didn't know how this was going to turn out. The trailer didn't make it look that good or as good as it is. But here we are and we see an unmistakable chemistry between the two lead actors. You've got Riley Keogh playing Daisy Jones and Sam Claflin playing Billy Dunn. And in the book, these two characters are rivals and colleagues at the same time with a bit of a romantic element in there. They're both attracted to each other, but because Billy is married with a kid and has already messed up in the past, there's a lot of pressure on him. And Daisy's a wild child, you know, living the rock star dream relying on drugs and alcohol. She doesn't have much of a family base. And she sees in Billy something that she hasn't seen before. So we have them, like I said, rivals and colleagues. And up until this point, we've seen them have different paths in the musical industry. And at the end of episode three, they converge to create 
the biggest hit of the summer, a song called Look at Us Now, parenthetically Honeycomb, which is what the song is called in the book. And we start episode four, sorry, episode four, with all the band members in their respective lives hearing the song on the radio. Everyone seems to be enthused by it except for Billy. He hates the song, which I can only guess is because Daisy changed it from what he had first written. And but because of her, it was effectively turned into a hit. He can't complain too much, though, because with the royalty checks that him and his bandmates have received, um, he now has the extra cash to move him and his wife and his child out of the house that they were living in with their bandmates and they can get their own place. Now, based of how well the song is doing, they get invited to the Diamond Head Festival in Hawaii, which I actually looked up was a real outdoor concert series in the 1970s. We see Billy nervously, um, you know, we see Billy nervous about performing. It will be the first time that they've performed live since he lost the six, their tour and their contract due to his drinking and drugging. And, you know, he also missed the birth of his daughter because he was in rehab. To Billy's chagrin, Daisy has also been asked to join them. And when she shows up, he talks to her. And in these scenes, it's a bit, he's, he's a bit annoying. He talks to her as if he's the dad and she's the rebellious kid. He tells her that she should come out after their fourth song and he will introduce her. But like the rebellious kid that she is, Daisy comes in after the second song. She charms the audience and stays for the whole set. Afterwards, when they're talking to a reporter, Billy basically undermines Daisy's contribution to the song. He obviously is afraid of losing control of the band if she were to join them. And that's a fear of his. On the bus, while Karen is talking to him about Daisy and how great their performance was and how she made the band better, he says she's a powder keg and... If she were to join the band, they may not survive her, which is a bit of foreshadowing since we already know that the band will have a fairly quick rise and fall. You know, we learned that at the beginning of the first episode. Anyway, this performance on stage is one of my favorite scenes thus far in the series. It's the first time we see them perform together in front of an audience and their chemistry is undeniable. Not only for the entire band, but also for the two main characters. Now, um, if you look into any press that they've done, it looked like they were cast sometime in 2019, 2020, right before the pandemic. And what was probably supposed to be a short lead time into learning their music and learning how to play instruments. A lot of these, um, um, a lot of the actors that were in these roles, they don't have a musical background, even though... Riley Keogh is the granddaughter of Elvis Presley and also has a stepdad of, or she did for a few years, of Michael Jackson, which is crazy to think that, you know, she went from like Graceland to Neverland. Um, So she does have some proximity to music. She was an actress and a model and not really singing or performing. But anyway, we have um, Sam Claflin, who is playing Billy, and both Sam and Riley have just such a, like a chem, like it must have been the time that they were working together the extra years to have that, um, you know, chemistry. And I guess there were a few things that came out of the pandemic. And if it meant that they worked together and they produced a better 
series because of it and also an album because there's an album out with 11 songs which is actually really good um i guess you know it was worth it <clears throat> anyway so the six performs and they not only do the one song that that i almost said riley um <laughs> that daisy helped with but their previous i would say lackluster songs when she sings along she makes all the songs better then we cut to Simone. Simone, if you remember, is a disco diva from the 1970s who's trying to make it big in L.A. She becomes kind of a mother figure for Daisy when Daisy moves in with her. So we cut to Simone, who is sitting on the couch with Daisy, and she hears her voice on TV being lip synced by a girl group. She's annoyed and frustrated that her vocals were basically stolen from her, and she's just done with her life in L.A. and feels like she needs a fresh start. She decides to find Bernie, who she met in the last episode, who had given her her number. And she decides to go find Bernie in New York, and she's just ready to start over. With Simone leaving, Daisy moves into the Chateau Montmartre. She feels more alone, even though she's surrounded by people. She breaks into her childhood home and gets arrested. There's a moment when the person conducting the interview asks her if that was in fact a true story. And Daisy, like the Daisy 20 years after the fact chalks it up to an urban legend um that's that kind of clues us in that there's some wiggle room between what the interviews reveal and what has really happened the person telling the story for example in this case is daisy and she puts out what she wants to reveal or project anyway we go back to daisy the 1970s daisy she's in jail she calls karen to pick her up who asks her if she has anyone else to rely on and it further reveals that Daisy doesn't really have anyone, especially now that Simone has left. Um, in the next scene, Daisy is seen talking to Teddy, essentially fishing for him to offer her a place on the six as a member of the band, even though that may or may not be Teddy's role to say that. But he basically tells her that she's a front man and the six already has a front man in Billy and Billy isn't the type to share. We cut to Billy and Camila at home watching a replay of the Diamond Hen Festival interview. Camila says that Billy could have given Daisy a little bit more credit. Then there's a housewarming par party at their house. Camila eggs on Graham. Graham is also Billy's brother. Um, Camila can tell that Graham has a crush on Karen. And she says that he's too chicken to act on it. Then we have Daisy show up. Camila has invited her basically to see if she would show up. And she did holding a pineapple. And in, in this, if you stop for a second, you can see that the ladies of the six, Camila and Karen, are kind of bridging the gap. They recognize that Daisy is bringing something to the group. She can make the band better and gives them a better shot of making it. Billy is, of course, annoyed at first, but ends up apologizing to Daisy for the interview that he did. And he asks her if she wants to join the band. And they end the night with the lights going out, the electricity goes out, and they all sing Ooh La La by candlelight. You get that family feeling, you know, Camila already mentioned it to Karen when she was trying to get Karen to join the band. And she mentions it again the next morning when Daisy falls asleep on their couch and she finds Camila in the kitchen who reiterates that they're a family 
and um, if she takes care of them, then they will take care of her. And that's something Daisy really hasn't had before. Camila ends the episode saying that she chose to trust Billy and Daisy, which is basically code for she knows that they have a certain chemistry and she's putting something at risk. And though it may make the band successful, at what cost? In episode five, we see Billy waking up to his gorgeous family, going on a run, and then getting to the studio. Alternatively, we see Daisy waking up to a drink and a strange man in her bed. She walks into the studio chugging a bottle of champagne with a notebook full of ideas. Billy shuts her down and informs her that the 13 songs for the album are already written. Daisy jokes that she isn't there to sing melody on a bunch of love songs about his wife. And she wants everyone to have input on the music. And the album should be a reflection of all of them and not just one of them. Teddy then walks into the studio as if he's like the teacher or principal and tells them to go somewhere to work on the songs. He's talking to Daisy and Billy. They go eat at a diner. The song Stumble on Sublime plays. That's the one that Daisy wrote and another guy took credit for or she had, she had ideas for. And um, I think his name is Wyatt Stone, lead singer for some band, um, basically took it from her. Anyway, she tells Billy about it and she gets a bit of street cred from him. Then they find their way into Teddy's house where they share ideas. They go through their shared lives. Um, they share their writing processes. <clears throat> they play records for each other. Daisy even goes for a swim and at some point puts on satin pajamas, which I'm pretty sure she found in Teddy's closet. Daisy says that they don't have to like each other, that she and Billy don't have to like each other, but they can't be strangers if they're going to make music together. And um, it made me think of what I know about the music industry, which, you know, I, I have a science background. I, I'm not a musician. But as a fan, I know that there are some classic songwriting duos of the era. You've got Lennon and McCartney, Bernie Taupin and Elton John, Simon and Garfunkel, and of course, Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks from Fleetwood Mac, which is the band that has inspired the story. Anyway, they all had their different ways of co-writing songs. For example, Bernie Taupin wrote the music and then he would just hand it off to Elton John and Elton John would, would put music to the lyrics. Um, anyway, we can kind of see their process. And in this episode, though it's not one of my favorites because it tends to drag, really shows us how alike these two main characters are. And because they are so alike, they tend there tends to be more friction and tension. Billy is an ex-addict and he has this godlike complex when he sees Daisy using. And he gets her to flush her pills, but of course, like a good addict, she has more pills in her pocket. And it's obvious with their tension that they both push each other's buttons. Um, Billy calls her broken and that really hurts Daisy. And he finds her, you know, sitting alone in in Teddy's carport in the car. And um, that's when he reveals how his father left him at the age of eight. But a big distinction here is that he had his mom and he had his brother. Now he has a wife and a kid and a band. It's not exactly the same as Daisy's situation, but he is trying to find their common ground. They ultimately finish writing the song together. They go back to the studio to record it with the band. It's called Let Me Down Easy, and there's a lyric in the song, Don't Tell Me I'm Broken, I'm Free. So there's a lot of hidden meanings in there. Is it, is it, um, 
Is it related to Daisy's family life, her reliance on drugs? And you see the forward flashes to the documentary. And Warren says that it opened up room for everyone to contribute. And then at the end of the song, Daisy gives Billy this long, lingering hug that catches everyone's eyes. And we end another episode with with Karen or with someone giving a cryptic quote. This time it's Karen saying that it was all working until it wasn't. And then we see Daisy after recording the song, sorry, Billy recording the song with Daisy and his band going home to sleep with his wife. And it's obvious that there was a lot of built up tension that had to be released. Um, We have episode six. Billy and Daisy continue to write songs together, sometimes working well together, really jiving and other times fighting. The tension continues. And, you know, this is in storytelling what it's all about. If you have a character-driven plot, it's about the tension that crackles, that keeps the story going, story going, it keeps it afloat. There's a scene at the beginning um, that goes in a round when you see Daisy singing, Billy looking admiringly, you know, almost lustfully at her, and the members of the band playing, and then Teddy at the soundboard, and then the band doing drugs. It's a nice montage of what the days must have looked like, kind of just rolling, you know, one after the other. Um, incidentally, they shot this at Sound City Studio in L.A., which is where um, Rumors was recorded by Fleetwood Mac, which is, again, loosely, you know, what this story is loosely based on. Billy says in the documentary scenes that Teddy is so optimistic about the record, he gets a favor called in from Rolling Stone. And there's a reporter, Jonah Berg, who is now, you know, with the band and covering a piece on them. All the while, Camilla is raising Julia on her own. There's a scene where she wakes up at home to Billy on the phone in the middle of the night with Daisy. And um, he see- she sees, Camilla sees the lyrics to a song called Please on a manila pad and says something like about stay away from my family and it's a disease. And later on, she's going to mention this to Billy and Billy, you know, claims that Daisy wrote the song. And then when she hears it in front of Daisy, she said, oh, you know, this is your song. And Daisy's like, no, this is Billy's song. So there's a little bit of confusion there that we'll talk about later. Camilla is busy. Well, not really busy, but she is distracting herself with the photography. She's in a dark room getting hit on by another man. And it basically shows us that she's feeling shut up by Billy And she's still young, you know, she's young and desirable and she's basically being ignored, spending her nights alone while Billy is on the streets with Daisy. Literally, they're driving on the street and they decide to go to the beach at night. And that's where Daisy confesses that her real name is Margaret and she chose the name Daisy to be someone else. Billy confesses that, you know, Daisy made honeycomb better and that she makes everything better. So they have these very touching moments together, which happens when, you know, you have a very intense working relationship. Um, And then after they leave the beach, Billy drives her back to her villa at the hotel and they're lingering in the doorway and he's at this threshold and it's obvious that she wants him to come in and instead he turns around and goes home. Later on in the interview, he says all he saw was temptation. He saw behind the door a bar with liquor. He saw drugs. And then he saw Daisy. All three things is what he was referring to when he said temptation. 
Um, Daisy has been rejected. She's obviously hurt by it. After after Billy leaves, she goes out to the pool area at the hotel and sees Jonah, who happens to be staying at the same hotel. Jonah, which is the reporter from Rolling Stone, says that he thought for sure that they were together, but that Billy insisted that it was all make-believe and just for the music. In response, Daisy says, Daisy kind of insinuates that she and Billy have more than just a professional relationship. And the next day, Daisy doesn't show up at the studio. After about 24 hours go by, Billy finds her at the pool of the hotel, high in the pool, her foot cut by glass, just basically a mess. And when he sees her, not only is he upset, he writes a song about her called More Fun to Miss, and he wants her to sing it. So the next day she shows up, he hands her the lyrics, and he wants her to sing the song, and she looks at the lyrics, and though she at first refuses to sing it, she tries to sing it, but she's not singing it the way that he wants her to sing it. She's singing it too sweet, too melodic, not really getting into it. And at this point, with their lyrics, it's obvious that Billy's frustration with Daisy, both professionally and his feelings for her, have come out in the song. Daisy then bursts out of the studio. Billy chases after her. She confronts him about having feelings for her. She says, you know, is this all in my head? And in response, Billy kisses her. In the next scene, we see Daisy singing More Fun to Miss in a throaty, more passionate way. She's kind of like belting it out. And here's something to note. After this kiss, many of the fans of the book were upset because there is no kiss in the book. And there, this is where that wiggle room comes in between the interviews and what happened in real life. Because the book only has recollections of the players. And in the interviews, Billy and um, Daisy, they don't mention anything about the kiss. So it's technicality, I guess. And we kind of have to wonder, okay, they weren't being honest when they were giving the interviews. Anyway, so the album is now finished and um, they go for a photo shoot. And it's unclear whether this is for the album or Rolling Stone magazine. Um, the song Please is playing. That's the one where, you know, Camilla hears it and mentions to date and Daisy tells her, oh, no, no, Billy wrote that song. And um, she doesn't know why Billy would tell her that Daisy wrote it. But in any case, we see that Billy is just hiding the song from Camilla. There's obviously a side of himself that he doesn't want her to see. And Daisy is the person who sees that side. She sees the broken side, the, the not so perfect side of Billy. And I think Billy is kind of scared, even though he's attracted to Daisy, he's also scared that someone can see him so clearly. Um, and at the same time, he doesn't want his wife to see the broken parts. He wants to, he, Billy wants Camila to see him as the perfect partner or the partner that's making up for his previous shortcomings. Then um, um, Karen and Graham are now together, and I think I skipped over that part. In the last episode, um, after the housewarming party, Graham meets a pre-med student um, named Carolyn, and when they start going out, Karen basically, she just gets jealous and she steals him away from her, and she wants to keep um, their relationship a secret because it will undermine her legitimacy in the band. Um, and um, during the course of the photo shoot, it becomes 
more of the Billy and the Daisy show and Eddie feels more and more pushed out. At the photo shoot, Jono goes over a few facts with Billy for the article and mentions, you know, the rehab clinic that Billy went to and Billy gets upset um, that Jonah knows about this and that Daisy told him about this. So he goes over to Daisy to yell at her and Camila's kind of at the bottom of the hill. She snaps a few photos of them arguing. And after the photo shoot, Daisy becomes inspired to write a song for Billy called Regret Me. And she beca- she's so inspired that she's actually on the PCH highway and she crashes into a car um, to stop and write, <laughs> write the song. And it becomes the last song on the album. And... Um, Later on, we see Camila feeling even more and more alone and out of the loop, um, especially after the photo shoot. Um, Not only is Billy, you know, having arguments with Daisy, very intense, passionate arguments, you know, at the photo shoot, but also he's hiding the lyrics from her. He's hiding his process. And, you know, it's completely understandable that she feels shut out. Um, She goes out to a bar. She sees Eddie the bass player and it's assumed that they have some kind of dalliance and you know at the end of that or she has an interview where she says that she just needed her own secret later on we see billy pleading with jonah not to include the stuff about him missing his daughter's birth or his rehab clinic in the article and jonah says give me something better now the band is done with recording the album they have three weeks off before rehearsals start daisy gets a copy of the rolling stone article from jonah She's unhappy with how she's portrayed. She's portrayed as a drugged out rock star carrying a pharmacy in her bag. And um, then we flash to Billy at his kitchen table looking at the photos from the photo shoot. He's not happy with them. Camila then slaps a photo of Billy and Daisy, the one where they're arguing on the side of the mountain in front of him. And, and she says, if you love her, we, we end this. And Billy assures her, that he doesn't love Daisy and that it's the two of them, Billy and Camila, until the end. Then we see Daisy slap down her own passport in Greece. She's going on a little vacation, we assume, and that's where episode six ends. So there we have it. There are four more episodes left in the miniseries. And, you know, I think every time... Amazon releases like they released like the first three episodes and then the next three there's kind of like this climactic cliffhanger and then we're going to go over episodes seven and eight next time and then after that um, nine and ten and if you get a chance listen to the music on Spotify I assure you it sounds better once you know, you go through the process of it and, you know, they're really good songs. And I don't know if it's just because we expect less because it's not a real band. They're really actors doing it, but they did have some good songwriters and um, musicians um, working on the album. And I, you know, I've actually been playing it nonstop. But um, in any case, um, please, you know, comment, like, subscribe, rate, wherever you listen to this podcast. Let me know what you think of it. You can follow follow me on Instagram at read the book, seen the movie, exactly as it sounds. And, you know, keep watching, keep reading, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.